to go to the hospital, the doctor announced, emitting the confidence of a professional. Pedestrians around him agreed. Silverman added with less confidence, I guess I should take her. You're the one with a car, doctor, said the magician, the only other Caucasian in the crowd. He was young, late twenties, and of medium height, but his legs, long and thin like stovepipes, made him appear taller. His accent was foreign, stilted, British. My husband and I will walk over to the school, said the woman who had gathered the school books. They should be able to figure out who she is, and they will certainly contact her parents. She passed the books to her husband, who sighed and tucked them under his arm. The crowd continued to grow. I could take her, I suppose, but wouldn't she be better off with a police or in an ambulance? The doctor pondered aloud. A young woman stepped forward. She slapped her hands onto her hips. You're a doctor, and you have a car. She shouldn't have to wait for no ambulance. The magician stepped delicately around the woman. She's right, doctor. I'll lend you a hand. The physician considered his options. Finding none better than the one already proposed, he said, Fine. He took off his coat and laid it alongside Valia's body. We need to avoid jostling her as much as possible. My coat will work as a stretcher, I think. The doctor positioned himself above Valia's head and gently removed a pair of fuzzy earmuffs, which seemed an odd luxury given the inappropriate thinness of her jacket. After slipping his fingers carefully behind her pigtails, he said, I'll stabilize her head and you lift her body. The magician knelt by Valia's hips. He slid one hand under her shoulders and the other under her knees. They moved her, both men holding their breath, as though the girl's life could be blown out like the flame of a candle. Silverman and the magician placed Valia onto the silky lining of the doctor's overcoat. They stood and grasped the corners of the coat and then lifted her in its sling. Reluctant spectators moved aside as the two men sidestepped toward the car. Someone opened the door, allowing them to deposit the girl onto the rear seat. Valia was wearing a bedroom slipper on one foot, a sock with multiple patches on the other. The lone slipper, intended for a woman-sized foot, tipped off when the doctor slid her deeper into the car. A wad of newspaper sprung from inside the toe. The magician scooped up the fallen slipper and replaced the newspaper. He looked for its mate. An elderly gentleman in the crowd passed it to the magician, who used the sleeve of his jacket to brush the dust off. The slippers were exotic, pink silk with tiny beads and sequins. The magician set them side by side on the back floor of the car. Where are you taking her? asked the woman who had gathered Valia's books. The doctor shut the rear door with a lover's tap. He had fallen for the car from the instant he first saw the model in the lobby of the Hotel Commodore. He'd had the thrill of watching Walter P. Chrysler present the Chrysler Six as the first automobile to bear his name. It was designed to go incredibly fast, up to almost seventy miles per hour. Sorry, the doctor said. What did you say? The woman repeated her question. Silverman replied, The Harlem Hospital Center. They provide excellent care, and they're close by. No one objected. The doctor climbed into the driver's seat. Breathing in the smell of new leather, Silverman felt in control again. He'd caused an accident, but the girl's injuries could well be minor. Everything was in order, and things in order usually turn out all right. As the doctor shifted the car out of park, the magician hopped into the passenger seat. He closed the door with a loud thud. Rubbing his hands together, he turned to the doctor. Mind if I tag along? Silverman looked the magician over. 
noticing the Victorian-style clothing, worn out and thin. The man could be dangerous, but after a second look, the black woolen trousers, multicolored Valencia waistcoat, ruffled yellow shirt and black coat with tails were enough to change the doctor's mind. And then there was the oddly shaped pork pie hat resting on the young man's lap. Concluding the fellow was odd, perhaps demented but probably harmless, the doctor calmly replied, No need to trouble yourself, sir. I can handle it from here. The magician paused a moment to admire the physician's polite mannerisms, fashionable apparel, and obvious grooming. The handsome doctor was the model New Yorker, but his appearance was too polished to be exclusively American. He was either well-traveled or had been educated abroad. Certainly that suit was European cut, but the watch the doctor wore looked somewhat brash, definitely American. The magician turned to check on the girl in the back seat. "'As you are a doctor, sir?'